Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and we have a really fun show for you today. I was contacted by Amy from Graves, who I'd never heard before, so I checked them out and thought what they were doing was really cool. I love it when people hit me up about their bands that I've never heard before, and you end up having a nice conversation. Before we get into that, though, I'd like to remind you that you can support the show by signing up at my Patreon page, patreon.com slash humanmachine. Going there, you can get exclusive music, sneak peeks, read monthly zines, and all kinds of other fun stuff. Next month's zine is going to be a focus on the DIY community in a subseries called Combustion. The accompanying compilation, Combustion Volume 2, will be released on the Middleman Records Bandcamp page on August 4th. I can't wait for y'all to hear that. And now, I'd like to play you something. You're hearing Teething Scars by Graves, featuring my pal Amy Inez on guitar and vocals. The song comes off their forthcoming EP, I Still Feel It, Crawling, Under My Skin, which you'll be able to hear soon, as well as check them out on a month-long tour. to live in an apartment i owned do you know those like they're not, they're like rc cars but like the kids could like drive them uh like you you there's like a mini car oh, it's you like, get in it like and it's got like the um yeah heavy duty it's a, battery that goes in there. exactly yeah and you could like actually drive it it goes like five miles an hour mm-hmm. i used to have one of those but since i i lived in uh this town um that it was like it was like a really uh, like inner city like area in Miami, mm-hmm. um, and it was we got it like secondhand, and it went way faster than it should have. And that was definitely <laughs> one of my one of my first early memories. It was a Barbie like little RC car thing that me and my my sibling used to like ride around in in the neighborhood. I feel like it's definitely one of my earliest memories. So many like, did you ever get the? low down on that like somebody trick it out or like what was the i think there? so yeah i like it it went like at least maybe like 15 or 20 oh, like wow. it was it was pretty quick and i was i was like i was maybe like five years old or like four years old and it was it was definitely dangerous and uh, that's probably like one of my earliest earliest memories <laughs> i wonder if somebody just like you know like i said like i um i've never like my kids like kind of I mean, I like I have three kids and um, mm-hmm. only the oldest one had ever been like, oh, I, I want one of those. Right. But the thing is, like, <laughs> we lived in a house that was literally on the corner of the busiest, like, oh, yeah, intersection in our and there wasn't there was just like a gravel parking lot in front of our house that because we lived like in this house on this corner that was right next to these businesses and mm-hmm. people would cut through this gravel parking lot like constantly. People like hit our cars, like pulling through here. So we were just like, that's off limits, you know? Like we can't yeah, totally. get you one of these. Whenever we whenever we'd take her to ride bikes, like we 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 couldn't just like ride like we would have to go 
down to like an empty bank or something, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and do that there. We couldn't even do that like by our house, you know. So yeah, um, it was never like whatever. But I I knew that like they had like I had seen them like sort of like in the trash or whatever. And I I had seen like oh they have like a you know I imagine that like it was a battery that you almost had to buy special or something, you know? Cause you, yeah, totally. It it's like a mini car battery. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I wonder what the case was there. Like somebody had it and, and they just like, um, put the next closest battery they could find. And it was just like too much juice. Like, I don't know what happened there. But. I think so. It was definitely, it was definitely some crazy stuff. Yeah. That's wild. That's fun. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, that was like, you know you're like five years old like zipping around in this thing um Mm -hmm. like what else did you get into like when you're a kid like what else interested you uh when i was little i was definitely like a rowdier kid um i grew up like kind of poor uh like like early years uh because like uh, my my, i'm from a family of immigrants Mm -hmm. um so we we grew up kind of poor so i was definitely like a very imaginative kid um growing up i was really into like playing with like like real physical toys and i would make a toy out of like anything i could imagine like i was uh i was very i could like personify anything uh, I, I would like play with like paper cups and like they're like gi joe figures in my head mm. um but i was definitely like into like the basic stuff i was like really into like you know like spider-man uh stuff like that like superheroes um until i was maybe like i got into music really early um so like the growing up part i was really into like too many things um just kind of what what i could get my hands on and then i got into music i think i was maybe like six years old like five or six years old um my parents put me in piano lessons and i hated it but from then on i was like really into like playing like my my parents instruments around the house we had like a bunch of like venezuelan instruments and stuff um because my my family's from venezuela and we uh we just had like a bunch of instruments laying around like old guitars uh like a cuatro which is like a venezuelan folk instrument um and i would just like mess around with that stuff until i like reached like my point of like real consciousness when i was like seven like seven or eight um and from that on, I just, like, I got into, like, listening to music, like, really early. I was already, like, downloading, like, ripoffs off, like, YouTube to MP3 or, like, LimeWire when I was, like, mm-hmm. seven years old. Yeah. Um, and I was, like, super into, like, pop punk, like, deathcore. Um, and then, like, anything else a seven-year-old would be into, like, Justin Bieber and, like, Miley sure. Cyrus. Sure. And, like, I was watching Hannah Montana, but I was also listening to, like, Bring Me the Horizon, like, first album. Uh, so... so- going back for a second here so what was it about the piano lessons that that left a bad taste in your mouth but playing the other instruments that were just laying around the house like satisfied you was it for me it was just like too much like structure or like you're supposed to do this yeah exactly yeah i was definitely not into like the whole structure and like discipline aspect of specifically like an instrument like piano piano takes a lot of discipline and like actual like specific skill that you need to build especially when you're young like uh with your hand-eye coordination especially since i was developing 
Um, and just like having like the need to like sit still and stuff. Um, I was definitely more interested in like bouncing around, uh, when I, when I was little, I wanted to like bounce around like instrument to instrument, do different things. I hated like having a one hour session of like, I can only play this and learn like what this lady wants me to learn. And that like the structure definitely did not do well for me. I, I that, that was, it's never really been my thing. Like structurized, like, uh, curriculums and stuff yeah see i i you know i was just i was just like thinking of something that i never like i know ne- i've never spoken to people about this like um in regards to piano but one thing that always really freaked me out about piano is like it like even like a okay like a keyboard you know like i'm looking at this keyboard across the room from me right now and Mm -hmm. the thing that always like bothered me about it is like it looks the same from one end to the next to me like it looks (laughs) the same right and like i wonder if that's just like that's some part of like you know like uh me like you know me being like um, possibly on the spectrum somewhere where I'm just like, I look at this and I'm like, no, because when I first started playing guitar, what I did was I had a package like of different colored, like star stickers. And I put Mm -hmm. them like on the top of when I, so when I looked down, I didn't have to see the frets. Like I could see where the star stickers were like something that like, and like, yeah, like a lot of guitars will have like the fret dots like on the top as well. But like I mm-hmm. needed I needed something more specific than that, like when yeah. I was first learning. And so that's what I did. Um, and yeah, I, I've never I never like asked anyone, you know, because I've chatted with a lot of times like people are like, oh, man, my parents made me do uh, do piano lessons. And I've never thought like. Hey, is it why well, I wonder if it's the same thing with me like where you just look at it and you're like this doesn't make yeah. sense it it's all looks just, you know like I the the piano and same with the guitar too was like always overwhelming for me the guitar I learned like really late into my life I've been playing guitar only for like I think two and a half years maybe three mm-hmm. um I learned like my senior year of high school and like right before uh right after I graduated high school um mm-hmm. I graduated in uh 2021 uh so it's it's like pretty recent stuff uh but i i did play uh trumpet uh for nine years ish that was like my main instrument i was a like a jazz musician and uh like classical um but like going like looking at the piano and even guitar it's like it was so overwhelming to me because i'm like this has like all the notes ever so i'm like there's like there's too much i can do and it would just like be like brain overload and i'm like i don't want like no there's too much choices yeah so like i really enjoyed like playing like classical instruments and like trumpet and stuff ironically because it was just like there was like less options to choose from which made me want to like expand on them and make more options yeah and then that's why i moved into guitar and stuff but like jumping like straight like feet first into an instrument where it gave me too much to do i would just get way too overwhelmed yeah, I think like one of the one of the best things that anybody ever said to me was like, uh, I think my dad at some point was like, "There's actually only this many notes on a guitar, like, and then, you, and then you just play them 
in different places. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. whoa, what? And it's like, yeah, that, it's true. That's exactly but how it was for me. Yeah. It, and it's like, it doesn't necessarily like, it doesn't necessarily like, to me, it just, it just, it's, it's simplified it in a way. It's like, mm-hmm. like, it, there's only this many notes, right? And you, and once you come down here, then you're just starting the notes over again. And once you go to the, yeah. the string, then you're just starting over again. And so, like, you know, my dad, like, at the time, you know, he, he's like, well, basically, like, any song that you can hum, like, you can learn how to play it. Like, totally. And you might, like, you might be playing it higher or you might be playing it lower, but like, you you can figure it out and the, and mm-hmm. so I, I so personally i i think i de- started developing my ear for that kind of thing before i way before i developed any kind of like skill but i mean whether i have skills still up for debate but um <laughs> yeah that another thing is like so do so you mentioned like um bring me the horizon and like pop punk and stuff but you didn't mention yeah, yeah. ska and being a trumpet player in florida for nine years like was that never I, did that i had a short like very short ska phase and it was also when i was like really really young because the people that introduced me to music were um like my older cousins that i would hang out with a lot and my um my older sibling they uh they they were my my sister they are uh four years older than me so they were already going through like their emo phase when they were 12 and i was like super young i was like in kindergarten um but i did have like a really short ska phase because that was what was big at the time mm-hmm. in like 2000 uh i want to say 2008 2009 i was listening to like streetlight manifesto and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and that's really like as far as it went for like i don't know scotch it just never really did it for me i like i like it now more than i did before for sure but it's just like I don't know. It was cool. It was just like it went out of style by the time I like was really, really, really like diving into music and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really know anyone that liked it actively. So I was just kind of not looking for it. Um, but we do have like really good ska musicians uh, in Florida specifically. Uh, like the the only one off my head that I personally really love is uh, like our our friend Jair. Uh, they they run a page called Scott Two Network. Mm-hmm. Amazing Scott musician, like oh, yeah, legendary. Yeah. yeah, I love them. Um, I know I know the page. I don't know them personally, but yeah, yeah, they're really they're cool super stuff. sweet. Yeah. yeah, I love them a lot. Uh, we we played with them recently um, a few months ago, but uh, yeah, Scott. I don't know. I just never like did it for me when I was younger. I was uh, I was really into pop punk, but I went like deeper into heavy stuff quicker than like getting into like really fun music mm-hmm. um because uh, i the first band that i ever really really got into that i've ever like listened to was uh four years strong um their rise or die trying album the purple one that was like the first band i ever really got into and they were already on the heavy side of like pop punk uh and then from there i got really into title fight and then my sister uh she was listening to a lot of um Pierce the Veil, MCR, um, Bring Me the Horizon, uh, and like some other like death metal and also like motionless and white and stuff. So I was already getting into like the metalcore, uh, deathcore kind of stuff. Um, and so I, I kind of like skipped the whole like lighthearted phase, which like I'm trying to get back into now, actually. Yeah. At some point you're like, 
I need a fucking break, right? Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> like, I, I've definitely, yeah. like, so... I'm super into Screamo still, like, clearly. Yeah. Um, and, like, that, that's, like, definitely still my thing, like, for the... Mo- like, most of the time. But I, I definitely need a break sometimes. And, like, I'm trying to, like, really, like, get back into, like, my, like, soft stuff. Um, I used to make, like, bedroom pop back in the day. Like, Graves was a project that I, like... I would make, like, indie pop stuff, like, Mac DeMarco, like, Girl in Red kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's what was big when I was in high school. Um, and, it, yeah, there's just, like, a lot of different phases. I go through a lot of different phases. Um, and I, I try to, like, bounce back and forth between that now. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like your your sisters were, like, a pretty big influence, like, as far as, like, how you were coming into oh, yeah, a my- lot of new music. My sister, she definitely, like, raised me pretty much. Like, she, like, she pointed me in the right direction, like, my whole life. Uh, she, like, as, like, an older sibling, she took all the hits of, like, messing up growing up and, like, you know, like, finding all the cool stuff, like, organically through her friends. And it, it like, I just fed off of it. And it, she, she definitely made me into, like, what I am today, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. Um, uh did did she ever uh, like want to play in bands and stuff like that or was she just like all about just like being a the like supportive like listen mm. active listener or she whatever she was into music she was definitely into music younger like playing she played like cello growing up and like clarinet and stuff in school but um she she'd always she's always wanted to like be in um she she's really into like kind of like if she were to make music, she's spoken to me about it. She's always wanted to make like more like bedroom scrams kind of stuff or like electronic scrams. Mm-hmm. She's really into like that kind of stuff, um, like Bright Little Stars, um, like Your Arms Are My Cocoon kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's just never really d- like dove into it. She's not like musically inclined, like directly into like having that ambition to like start a band and stuff. She's definitely more of like a music enjoyer, I mm-hmm. feel like. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's wild. Sometimes I think about like how much of what we would consider like the screamo scene or whatever is is like I'm like uh, all the folks that I sell records to. Like for example, it's like mm-hmm. these are all people I know that play in bands. Like, where are the people that just listen to this stuff that are just like, I don't want to be in a band. I just love this shit. I will buy yeah, all totally. the records. Like, where are those people? Like, because you know, I, y'all are like fucking legit, like the backbone of this shit. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. because um, a band, like people, people in bands, it's like you, you, like if you're in a band, like your bedroom has your bands, like. 50 tapes in it like you you don't have anywhere for every single one of your friends bands tapes you know like etc etc like you can't buy all your friends bands tape like somebody has to be out there like just being like i'm here for it like i support it and like yeah most shows we salute you you know (laughs) yeah most shows are that we play are definitely like 80 percent our friends that are in other bands yeah. and like maybe 20% of people that just like music. Yeah. And even then, especially in South Florida, we have like a huge influx of like new bands right now. Like everyone that was just an enjoyer is like, 
this is so cool. I need to do this now. Mm-hmm. So the majority of everyone is starting a band, was in a band, is in a band. And it's like, it's a really interesting like dynamic because like, especially when you go from like a music, just like a straight music enjoyer, you don't want to be in a band. You just like it to like being a person in a band. You definitely realize and you appreciate music a lot more in like really different ways. Like, especially like if you, if you don't know what's like being in a band, especially in South Florida, which is a really competitive like area, um and it we're like at the bottom of the map so it's just like we don't really get a lot of touring bands we don't really get like a lot of like concerts even it's just like we just see videos of people that we really like and we try to emulate like a similar feeling of like a really strong scene which is building right now um which is amazing in florida like i played shows everywhere all the time but in the whole time i only played miami once because it's yeah. like it's just so far it was like five hours south exactly we the were. nearest the nearest really strong scene is like from miami and south florida like including like broward county and stuff the nearest is like four to five hours like going like to Fort orlando Myers. tampa <laughs> Fort Myers even yeah, yeah. is like not even that strong anymore. Uh, really, the only Fort Myers band I know is our friend See Through Person, oh. and they play like Tampa more than anything. Yeah. Um, it's just like it's really rough right now. Like a lot of people, especially post COVID, a lot of people started moving away. Um, uh, we had a ton of like important people in the South Florida scene move away or pass away. Sadly, just like a, just a ton of stuff has happened like post COVID, and we're trying to like recuperate. Like most people, like that go to shows now had never been to a show before 2020. Like it's like, it's definitely like a brand new and like rebuilt community right now, which is kind of a blessing in disguise. Yeah. It's it's really, it's really exciting because a lot of people are, um, really into like heavy music specifically, uh, which is awesome. Like hardcore and even emo now is like becoming like almost mainstream, uh, which, uh, in Miami, since it's like a really big, like, clubby and party scene it was um definitely more leaning towards indie and indie rock um and since covid happened in the last years and like since 2023 started the biggest shows here and the best ones and like the most healthy communities have been like the hardcore scene and um the people that go to like the the few like emo shows that have been happening recently mm-hmm. um and it's it's definitely really cool to see. It's I'm very appreciative of like what's been building recently. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, yeah, I mean, like I I uh, I wasn't trying to like. If anyone's listened to more than one episode of the show, like you realize really quickly that I'm like a definite proponent for saying that like anybody that 
does want to make music absolutely can and should make yeah 100 percent. like um as, as like now it's easier to to start doing that than ever you know but like, totally um yeah it's just like uh you know my whole point is just like there there are there are people out there that have just that have just firmly cemented themselves in like nah i'm just i'm just here to listen and that, that's like you know you're totally you're, you're a, a diamond in the rough you know uh and i i agree 100 yeah. percent. like we we have a ton of people that are just straight up like we're we're like a local south florida band and we've already like there's people asking us like for autographs locally and stuff just because they love us so much and like that's it wild. really builds it really builds like an amazing like just chemistry between like people that just really 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 like have undying support and like it's more of like a friendship than just like you come to my shows you know what i'm saying yeah for sure and i love it like i love it so much i always appreciate like the people who have like just simply the reason because they like it you know not like you're here trying to network for your band not like you want to book us or you want me to book you you're just a person who really really likes music and you show that i love that so much i know a ton of people like down here that like support us that way and i appreciate them like so 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 much you you said that it's a very competitive scene like are you it is um are a lot of the shows that you play like is this all is is this like a club scene kind of thing or like um the the what makes it competitive is there is a really large lack of DIY venues. Mm. Um, we have, I could say maybe two or three DIY venues that are like open to book. But the issue with the DIY venues is, um, I think our cheapest one is like $400 with no sound. So then you have to like rent a sound system or pay a sound person. Mm-hmm. which will run you another 200, 300 bucks. So you're already going like $700 deep for a DIY venue. Um, so like most people just don't have that because like, yeah. like the rent is crazy right now. Inflation in Miami is insane. It's like turning into like a, like a mini New York, like rent wise. Um, so everyone is just struggling. Um, and really the only way to play shows is get booked, which there are only like maybe two main bookers, two to three main bookers in, in South Florida, which are all, uh, like, I'm friends with, with like the bookers here and they're all like great people and they book amazing stuff. It's just really hard because like they can't book everyone yeah. all the time. You know what I mean? So it's like your band will maybe play one like decent show a month. If you're lucky, if you're really putting yourself out there or if you're fortunate enough to have like the funds to run your own shows um, you could like play as often as you'd like. It's just really competitive in that way because like there's just no spaces to do what you want to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's there's also just a ton of bands. Like we have like like mo- like most weekends, the shows like are not less than five bands. Uh, five is like the minimum right now. There's always like five band shows. We have like eight band lineups just because there's so many people trying to get their stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And there's just no like space at other spots or like other dates, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just a really heavy scene. It's really, really saturated. And like, there's a lot of people like trying to like do what they want to do. Yeah. So the, it just makes it competitive in that way. Not like in a really like toxic way, just in a, 
time and space, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a lot of vying for the same opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of exactly. Thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, going back to when you uh, first started playing guitar, like, mm-hmm. is that when you really were like all this music that I've been a fan of um, all this time? Like I like was was wanting to start a band the impetus for you like to start playing guitar or did you already start playing guitar and then you were kind of like hey look i could do this yeah the sole reason i started playing guitar is to write music and be in a band that was like my only like my only choice and my only like determining factor of learning guitar and like the way i learned was by writing music i like i maybe i know maybe like two songs on guitar i like kind of like not all the way through but i really only did it just because i i really felt like i needed to write music and like i really needed to be in a band when we first started we had three guitar players including myself because i I was not good enough at playing guitar yet so I, i was just like having one of my friends double my part if i like messed up or couldn't do it um so like it was literally just like from then to now, it's just been me trying to get better at guitar to front the band better and like write better music. That is just like my only like reason of being. Yeah. Um, like, you know, we talked before about your like this kind of stuff that you were listening to and how that changed <laughs> a little bit here and there. But w- yeah. once you actually started playing yourself and everything, like what? Well, also, you did mention that 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 Graves sort of started at one place and and ended up in a different place, you know, from, from yeah. like the single you released or whatever. Um, b- but uh, what was your original? Like you said, like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a guitar. I'm gonna learn how to write my own songs. Like originally, were you you were going for one thing and then like when you started taking it more seriously, it became something else. Like how did that whole um, process go? Um, well, I've always been like relatively into a lot of music at, at once. Um, like when I first really started doing music, um, I would listen to and cover a lot of like the strokes. Um, I listened to a lot of like um, stuff like toner, um, Holland TNT, stuff like that. Um, and I was really like trying to like get into that. And at the same time in my, like in my room on GarageBand, I would be making like emo music, like Pierce the Veil, uh, kind of emo music, like really like screamy, um, stuff like that. But I was going really hard with like the indie stuff. And I just like had like, it was honestly just a really sudden shift where I was just like, this really isn't what I want to do. It, it, there wasn't really any determining factors on like what made me want to like change sounds or like change how I play. And I've never really changed what I've listened to. It was really just like, all of a sudden I was just bored. I was, I was just like, I don't feel the way I used to. And now I, I just, this is just what I feel like I need to do. And like the type of music I, I want to be in. And also just uh, the quality of people as well. I really, like, enjoy talking to more people, like, enveloped in, like, the, the screamo scene and, like, the hardcore scene more than, like, the indie rock scene and stuff. It, it just it just wasn't my cup of tea anymore. 
Yeah. Um, so had you done like a bunch of recordings that you were putting online and stuff for Graves before you sort of overhauled what the project would be and then and then you like kind of scrubbed them or like what's what is your uh you know what's the history of the band and like doing recordings well uh my band camp used to like until like last week when i privated everything i had like i think like 10 releases up and i was like barely scratching the surface i would like I would get on GarageBand and just like make like three minute songs, ten like two minute songs, like probably like five, like five to ten songs a day. Just like I would just that was just me trying to get better at guitar and better at writing. And I would just release everything. I would just like put everything on Bandcamp, put stuff on YouTube. Um, and it started really. I I've been going uh, and making music under the name Graves. I think since it was like ninth grade or like eighth grade. And it started as like a like a hip hop project. That that was like my main thing. That I was really into like like rap music and hip hop in um in like early high school. And it started as that. And then it went into the indie stuff like almost immediately after like late like ninth grade, early tenth grade. Um and that was um it went yeah, it went from like rap to indie. And then it went um, into like this like kind of garage rock thing, which I st- we still have like our demo up from uh, 2020 and 2021. It's um it's like garage rock like waves kind of stuff, um, waves yuck kind of things, and then it just like yeah like how I said before I just got tired of it. But I would I would release like quite a lot honestly. I I would be they, a lot of people knew me in school because of like, like I would be like really the only person like releasing music. I would drop stuff on SoundCloud, Bandcamp all the time. And I was like really the only person like actively doing that in high school. Um, so I've never really been shy to like drop stuff. Right now on, on my Bandcamp, I did private everything um, recently. But on Spotify, we still have like an old EP up and like a single uh, that I dropped in 2020. But we were we've definitely been active for like a really long time. Yeah. When did um when did the other members of the band come into the equation? Uh this band has had, I think, around fifteen different members just like okay. come and go. So over over these changes and stuff, there were other members. Exactly. It's just like Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um we um we came together as like and making like the music that we're making now and like the album that we have coming out like this lineup has been solid uh, i th- want to say since uh like february of last year ish around there like january like really early into last year we've had the same lineup of people and like really solid like group of people right now and it's like it's we're we're all like in it to like to stay like this is like our the, the, like we we have like a clear path of what we want to do and like what kind of music we want to like do mm-hmm. and we're we're definitely really really solidified at the moment so how did you like you know you mentioned that you're about to release um an ep and mm-hmm. you had dropped the uh, first song like uh in may but um mm-hmm. how did you come in i can't remember what the label name is that's releasing but how did that come together 
Like, uh, we are, uh, we're releasing the album. It's, um, under like, like physical, like distro. It's under Oliver Glenn records and, uh, Gene scene. Um, they, um, basically we have our, our friends from Tampa. Uh, there's some of our best friends there in a band called Novelty. Our first time playing with them was, I want to say like five months ago, like four or five months ago. Um, and we kind of hit it off. We became like really good friends. And then we played again together in Miami. I brought them down to Miami from Tampa. Mm-hmm. And they had mentioned that their EP was being released physically on tape from Gene Scene and Oliver Glenn as well. And from there, I checked them out. And I was looking at like a lot of bands that I really, really like personally. Like they've um, they've worked with Oliver Glenn's worked with um, one of my favorite screamo bands, uh, and its name was Epion. And they've also worked with like this band Party Hats um, from Texas. They worked on uh, like a ton of really cool releases, and these are really like quality stuff. And Novely, they really vouched for them. They told me they're really cool guys, and I just kind of hit them up and we hit it off. Like those guys are really, really sweet. They're really supportive. They've supported us a lot. Given they've given me like a ton of recommendations on like um, people that could help us like with press, uh, like. They've given me a lot of recommendations on bands that are really cool from their areas. Um, and they've just been really supportive and really helpful. And they just do really quality work. And I appreciate their professionalism mixed with, like, an actual, like, friendship and, like, like relationship, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was um, – the label that I couldn't remember the name of was I, I saw on your Instagram that – a label called Reasonable Records is doing like a CD version or something. Yes, they're also doing our CDs. Yeah, so okay. that's totally right. So so that's just some someone that you already knew or? Uh, I found them actually through um, my friends Ginger Bee. Um, they just released um, like vinyl records through Reasonable, Oliver Glenn, and a couple other labels. Um, they're, um, they're a really good like Scrams project. Um and I met Ginger B on Instagram and I was like, oh, like your record, like these look really cool. And then I listened to them and then we, we started talking and then I checked out Reasonable Records through them. And I I was just looking through their catalog and I, I hit them up and th- that's it. Really, I, I hit them up and I was like, wow, your stuff is really awesome. And we just got to know each other better. Uh, the people that run that label are like sweethearts, like they're super sweet, super down for everything. And they're just like really down to help bands like get their music out there. Um, like if any bands like need CDs or like any distro, Reasonable Records, Oliver Glenn and Gene Scene, those are three like labels that I like vouch for really heavily. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, I've um, I've um, spoken with the people from Gene Scene on, um, at some decent length and, and, uh, yeah, really cool. Um, I was going to say like, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Like, um, a lot of this makes a lot more sense now because you're, you're saying that you had privated all your albums and stuff, but Mm -hmm. I thought that I had remembered like seeing, um, y'all's name like pop up here and there, uh, before and then when i went to the band camp like i only saw like 
the one song and I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, I was like, well, I really admire the like, um, I really admire the like, hey, like, let's have a chat for your podcast. Like, and there's only like one song to listen to. I'm like, that's like, I admire that like conviction and stuff. But then I also saw that y'all have booked like a pretty wild tour. Like, yeah, going from like, you know, where you are in South Florida all the way to like, uh, we're going to LA, California, San Diego, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was looking at some of those, um, I was looking at some of those drives, like, and having done those drives before, I'm like, oh, have fun with that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, for clarification, we have never, like, even personally, some of us, few of us, we've, none of us have made this drive at all. Like, none of us have have ever been to this side of the country, like, at all. And we're going with our friends, uh, and and also like another Miami band. They're uh, some of my best friends, um, Bloom Dream. Mm. We're going with them. Only a few of them have been to like California and stuff, like on flights. But we have never made like any of these drives. Um, we went on tour to support Bloom Dream's EP. We went up the East Coast um, in September of last year, mm-hmm. and it was like a it was like a two week thing. We went up um, from Miami all the way to Boston and back we played like nine shows in between and i was just like man like there are so many cool like like screamo really lives on the west coast and like there's so many cool screamo bands that i admire that like i really want to get like i really want to get in that scene and i really want to get to know like people over there so we were just like fuck it like let's just like let's do it uh like might as well go bigger go home um, I've been planning this tour since November of last year and just like, like looking for bands that I really love and like, just like trying to get us like to a position like where like we could like be as good as bands that I really, really, really like, like enjoy. Um, and we are all really dedicated and like our tour in September did really well. And like, we like, we pushed it really well. Um, we're not really like too irresponsible, so I feel like it's. I'm definitely hoping it's gonna go well. I'm really optimistic about it. Um, but it, it's definitely like insane if you're not in my head. Like <laughs> anyone looking at that tour flyer could definitely safely say it's crazy, and it's really like a hail mary. But we're really excited about it, and I'm really excited about the bands that we're playing with on that tour as well. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I have. Um... I have done some of these drives and uh and you know it's uh it's it's a thing it's a yeah it's, it's a thing it, it's an experience like you won't um you won't ever you won't ever look at at certain things the same way like mm-hmm. you won't ever look at like a a 12 hour stretch of time the same way
Yeah, that, that's a, that's what I felt when we went on tour in uh, in September. Our longest drive that that tour was from Miami to Virginia. We did it overnight, so we left Miami. I think it was at like 10 p.m. or like 9 p.m. to get there in like afternoonish. That was, I think, I want to say it was like a 15-hour, 17-hour drive. Yeah, and sense. yeah, and then when we when we went home, we went home from. I think it was Philadelphia. We did Philadelphia and back, Ooh. and that was also wild. That was like nineteen, like nineteen hours straight. Mm-hmm. And that tour, we toured in. Um, it was a two thousand one Lincoln Navigator, and it had over four hundred and fifty thousand miles on it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was like it was not a car that we should have taken, but it was, it was a decision that we made. Yeah, <laughs> and. Um, I- uh, I don't know. They don't. They don't build them like that anymore. Let's just say they that. don't. Man. <laughs> that, that car. That car did not survive long after we came back. Luckily, it got us like through the tour, and it. it she held up well. Yeah. But it was definitely like it was definitely really sketchy. This and like we learned a lot on that tour. Um, and we we definitely kind of know what to expect on this next one, but we're just trying to be ready for anything. We're a big group of people like between us and bloom dream. We're going to be like 12 people. Oh so we, goodness. we all have each other's backs. So it's we're we're pretty like secure. I, I feel like at least. Yeah. It's just like, I was just thinking, you know, like it's like, okay, so you like, you can wake up in a day and by like between when you wake up and when you go to bed, let's just say that's 16 hours, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I've literally driven almost that entire time at some point. Yeah. So you like, you, you can look back at this later, like where I'm like, mm, which, what was it? It was like Albuquerque. Like one time we didn't have a stop between like Albuquerque and like San Diego. And I want to say that was about 15 or 16 hours, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And like, I remember that drive being like, this is the one of the most like grueling things that I have like done just sitting in like you're you're because you're sitting in one spot, but you're not, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And you're just like that was like in your day to day life, you can get up and you can do all kinds of things. And later on in the day, you can be like. Um, what did I do today? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can do all kinds of things, but you can be like, wow, I didn't, I feel like I really didn't do anything today. Yeah. But when you do that drive, like, you feel like you did something. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, like so. It's, it's like insane. I've, I've like, I've been to the point where, like, I started talking to myself to, like, distract myself and, like, entertain myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I run out of music to listen to sometimes when I'm driving for more than like 10 hours or just I listen to the same thing seven times and you didn't even exactly clock sometimes it. I mm-hmm. literally just shut it off and I'm like all right silence for at least two hours and like just like brain yeah it's it's insane yeah like it's that funny. that drive actually feels like like I don't know it's just like a full-time job like touring is definitely a job and people people think it's all like fun like it is very fun it is a fun thing to do but it's not fun all the time it is a very like tiring like like it's an occupation like 100 percent. like i respect bands that like 
that tour nonstop. Like, uh, I'm, I'm really good friends with this band, uh, Seta. They're also Venezuelan. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And, like, God, like, I, I look at some of their tours. They do, like, six-month tours back-to-back, like, mm-hmm. with, like, a week of break in between. And I'm like, like, you really have to be a machine for that. And, like, so, like driven with so much ambition and like it's it's like it's amazing i definitely respect like really heavy touring bands like that yeah it's wild they 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 um they're they have i just honestly can't think of another band that goes as hard as they do yeah that goes the hardest they're they're really good friends of mine there's a band in europe called hexus that's kind of like that where it's like oh yeah they'll post a tour flyer and it's three months long and you're like what are you doing but like, yeah, but, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. Um, you know, so like you, that was going to be one of my next questions, which was like, you know, have you, how much touring had you done? And you, you already mm-hmm. answered that, you know? Um, so like, as far as this tour that's coming up, like, and, and your previous tours, like, had you. Had you booked a lot of that yourself? Like, was that, like, what was that like for you? Um, yeah, uh, both this tour and uh, this tour is around, I think it's like 17 shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one that we did was like nine. I booked both like almost entirely. Um, I get like, I've had like some like help from uh, from my friend Bloom Dream, but I'm really big on like, I, I just like, I like getting things done and I'm, I'm, I'm like super on top of it, but yeah, I, I booked like pretty much most of it or like, if not all. Um, and it's all like, I prefer it that way. Cause like I could definitely get on like, a like I could get like a team of people to help me book things and stuff, but I really prefer being on top of it myself. Um, and just like getting a, like a good, like, I guess like vibe check of like, like the bands that we're playing with the places that we're that we're playing um i I, I like having my feet forward with everything that's going on right now i I think it's more important than ever like especially as trans people to to have the exactly yeah yeah to to have the all, all of us all of us in the band are queer or trans yeah um and it's definitely like not everyone is as friendly as you'd think. Uh, yeah. So I, I definitely like. You got to know what the ground. Our safety. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be I, like, you know, you got to. Yeah, because yeah, like it's like we're going to Texas and stuff. And in my head, it's like Texas is like that's like scary. Like te- like it's ironic coming from a Floridian because Florida is a really <laughs> <I was> scary <laughs> place <laughs> I, for trans people. Yeah, yeah. So it's like. Uh, but like in South Florida, it's very different. North Florida is definitely like way scarier. It's so um, weird because like I lived in Florida. That is not the Florida that I know, but that's the Florida that exists. You know? Like, yeah. It's like I don't I don't know that Florida. I I don't know the homophobic like transphobic like Florida. Yeah. Know, but- luckily, luckily, me neither. Uh, yeah. Like I'm very very thankful that we live in South Florida right now. Yeah. But uh. Yeah, like I think about going to Texas or like any other place, and I'm like, wow, that like white people are scary. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah. it, it's it's weird too because like it's like you know even where I've like the I've only played I've played four cities in Texas, and um, mostly I played the same three cities like a lot like Denton, 
and mm -hmm. uh, Austin and uh, San Antonio. So like where I've been in Texas specifically, like the spaces that I've been in Texas mm -hmm. have always been, they've always felt real like safe and stuff like, you yeah. know, so it, it's even my experiences in Texas. I'm not like, I've not, you know, I mean, I've been like one time we were in Texas and, and, and our, because I, we were, we were driving, we were touring in a van that, that the, uh, the gas gauge didn't work. So we were just like cl clocking just winging it. it. We'll, well, we knew about how, about how much, uh, how many miles to a gallon we would get. Like, yeah. And so we were, we were clocking it off the mileage and, um, and then the thing is, like, we got all fucked up one time because um, we were in traffic for a really long time. So mm. we were like, how much gas did that eat up that's not reflecting on our, like, odometer, you know? And we just, yeah. like, we fucked up and we ran out of gas. And this this uh, this guy stopped and picked us up. And, it, and, and, you know, the guy, like, you know, he seemed nice enough and everything. But at the same time, I'm in the back, like, and I'm not even like, especially at that time, I'm not even like very visibly like queer or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm still in the back the whole time. Like we're, we're going to die. Like, yeah, let, it's, let it's the, terrifying. let the, let the like cis person like sit up front and make conversation. <laughs> I'm in the back, you know? And, yeah, um, totally. and yeah, it's like, even though my experiences in Texas have, have been wholly like just amazing like it's just i i feel you i'm like yeah it, it's, especially in like the political climate of today like yeah. it, it's scary yeah it's, it's it's really scary that's why like booking this tour uh i definitely tried going for like i like scouted a lot of the bands before i hit them up like immediately mm -hmm. um i i definitely like i looked at like who they play with who they're friends with what kind of spaces they play usually yeah, um what bands if they themselves are with. queer yeah if they yeah if they're you know, like, are they, are they good people? Yeah. Like, are they shouting out like trans rights, you know, shit like that exactly. like, on their shit, yeah. you know, like what that, what that all about, you know, et cetera. But yeah, totally. it's, yeah, it's, it, so I definitely get like where you're like, yeah, I need to be the, I need to have my ears in on these conversations, mm -hmm. you know, in the booking yeah. for sure. Um, so yeah, like, you know, you have the, the EP coming out and the, tape coming up like that's all that's that's all really um sounds really awesome and everything um like what is sort of like i mean this is enough to keep you occupied you know and everything like that but what else is like on the horizon for the next year or so for the band and, um you know? well next year we are already planning on doing I think two split EPs um, and a couple more tours with those bands. Um, I can't really like say confirmed like who we're doing like these main splits with. Yeah. Um, the only confirmed bands um, we're doing a split with our friends um, Dime. Uh, they're from Miami. They're we're like we're holding their debut show um, for like our release show in in Miami, July 29th um they're they're super like dope band and we're gonna do a split with them just for fun like to like help them out especially like since they're like debuting um they they're they're really cool they do like um it's like a like heavy like shoegaze mixed with like kind of like turnstile style hardcore 
Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's really tight. I, I really love those guys. Um, and we're doing another split EP. Um, but we haven't really confirmed like all the bands on it. Uh, we're trying to do like multiple bands. Um, but that's pretty much like all I have like planned as of right now. And definitely another like I think another West Coast tour would be really fun and like hit cities that we're missing now. Um, but I've just been like really like really deep into this tour and like getting this tour right um but we are definitely working on new music and we are releasing new music like 100 next year like like 100 on this tour actually we're playing our whole record and like a few new songs at the end awesome yeah it's that's i mean booking a tour is certainly that's enough to keep you <laughs> busy and, and anxious. yeah and, I've, been, I've been super busy um, i you said you started in november yeah booking uh yeah. not booking uh but like planning yeah yeah planning the routes yeah. looking at all the bands that i want uh that, that i want to play with uh, like and like just like keeping like a catalog of like what are the what are the cool diy venues like what are the cool bands like who do i like and just like keeping it in my notes app uh and just like yeah, just like like looking at like people's stories, like seeing like what everything is like in their scene and stuff. Um, but yeah, since November, I've just been like looking, planning, brainstorming, and I really started uh, booking it. I think uh, it was in February. So I think I started booking in February okay. or May. Yeah. yeah, I was just curious because you know, like the 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 the. <sighs> the booking climate has changed so much since the last time I booked a tour. And yeah, you would, mm. you would try to start like six months ahead and then yeah, a lot totally. of people would be like, come back in three months. And, you know, and I just, I have no, I have no measure on how much all of that's changed lately. I just, you know, I've not been booking tours and whatnot, but um, yeah, that's definitely still similar. Like six months or more in advance is always good. And a lot of bands are still like, yeah, like, let me know in three months or, like, let me know in five months. So just so, like, you know, like, you don't want to book anything too far in advance. And I totally get that. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's it's honestly, like, it's been pretty easy and, like, pretty seamless, like, for me booking this tour. Um, all the bands that we're playing with have been, like, really, really helpful. And, like, uh, a lot of bands have been really helpful in, like, getting their friends online, uh, on, on the lineup, like, helping me get into contact with venues because sometimes venues specifically are like really dodgy, especially to like people out of town. Cause they don't really like know you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially since like our discography isn't like very large at all. Like our album that we're going to tour is not even out yet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was definitely a lot of like a lot of getting ghosted, uh, like mostly by venues. Venues have been like a little rough, but I've been I I, th- I feel like we're we're pretty lucky with the people that we worked with like booking uh, and booking these cities. Uh, we've really only gotten like a lot of positive outlook and like people like putting their feet forward and like helping us like trying to get everything together. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned before that like you thought that the California screamo scene was like where it was at, et cetera, and like mm-hmm. um, that. You know, I was wondering like what bands were you like oh god we got to play with this band or whatever uh definitely like a lot of my favorite bands from uh are from california like in the screamo scene right now Uh um uh we were we're setting up a show in la um we were gonna have um 
our friends New Mears play, but one of them had to go out of town. They're by far like one of my favorite bands, like like in general. Just like amazing, amazing, amazing. I, I I'm, I'm genuinely a huge fan of them, and um, I'm friends with their drummer, who's who's the one helping me book the show um, in LA. They like his name's Frankie. He's been like beyond helpful, like amazing guy. Um, but a lot of California bands that I'm really into are like New Mears. Um, I'm really into Widow Dusk, um, Versus Self. Um, aren't we amphibians from San Diego? They're they're really good buddies of mine too. Um, and today it was you was really cool. Um, it's one of the members of uh, Flowers Tape to Pens. Mm. Uh, like amazing project. I love them. Um, and yeah, there's there's definitely a lot more, but the, those are like the main bands that I'm like. I'm really into at the moment, like in my personal, like listening. That sounds awesome. I have to check some of those out. Um, uh, <clears throat> that's about uh, all I was thinking to ask you about. Um, but is there anything else that we should chat about before we take off? Um, well, really, all I, we've kind of hit like most of the points of like everything we have like coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have our tour coming up August fourth uh, august 4th 5th and 6th in florida and then august 10th to 26th we're going like towards the west our album's coming out july 29th the night of july 28th um we have some cds coming out in august 26th from reasonable records mm-hmm. and that's pretty much like all i've been focused on at the moment i've been like really neurotic on just like the the album coming out finally And that was my conversation with Amy Inez. Thank you so much, Amy, for taking the time to chat with me. Keep an eye on graves1.bandcamp.com for that EP. And check them out in a city near you if they're coming to your town. Until next time, take care and do good things.